haunting. It's that smell! That gasoline smell! What the fuck? Ain't nothing in the world that smells quite like that. It smells like... victory. Why are we in Vietnam? Someday this podcast's gonna end. What? Where are you going? When I was in the Special Forces, we were sent into a village to gather subscribers to We Talk About Dead People. We went around, did our job, and when we left, an old man followed us out, crying. There was a pile of severed ears, children's ears, just little ears all over the place. What the fuck? We teach our boys to listen to podcasts, but we won't even let them scratch dicks into the bathroom stalls. Okay, that's enough of you. Hong was attacked by bandits, and they robbed him of all of his possessions, which included his demon-slaying sword. Oh no! Yeah. However, he eventually found Fang at at a place called Thistle Mountain, and Fang had been busy. Uh Uh-oh. Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. It's fucking dark outside. It really is. It's really dark. We've got... You'll probably be listening to this, what, like mid-February? Mm. Yeah, but when we recorded it, it was early November, and we were just getting used to that yeah. seasonal effectiveness disorder. Hey, by the way, if you're in the winter blues, listen to our podcast. Yeah! And show it to your friends. Yes, show and it enemies. to your friends. And uh, just hang in there. If it's, I think it's February right now? Something like hang that. Hang in there. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> Spring is coming, and you can look forward to the humidity and the bees. Thanks to Aslan. Thank you, Aslan. Praise be. (laughs) Uh, We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurish best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Mysterious Dave Mather? Matter? Mather? Mather? Uh Uh-huh. And Hong Jiquan. Shuquan. Ziaquan. Shit. Shit. We looked up a pronunciation for this, I'll tell you that, and we found like 30. Oh, um, God. If you're Britain, it's Shuquan, I think. Shuquan. So let me get, get this straight. Like, Chinese pronunciation kind of depends on where you're from or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I think it kind of okay. does. I like the sound of Mysterious Dave, though. Sounds like a magician. Yeah, well, uh, we won't know until we go to the history lab. Then let's go! Podcasting. Podcasting never changes. A lawless gunfighter in a wasteland of Old West ideas. A holy ruler who crossed to the other side of heaven and a planet filled with even more of these old, old stories of violence and fire repeated from the beginning till the end of time. This is the story of mysterious Dave Mather. This is the story of Hong Shiuquan. This is the story of the human race. This is the story of us. Tell me, Aaron, if you had to choose... Well, looky here! A a goose? 
How did a goose get down here? He must have gotten left behind when the others headed south. <laughs> oh, he's lonely. Oh, do not touch it. Those things are fucking jerks. Aw, oh, come on, James. He's fine. Look, he brought coffee. <laughs> I mean, okay, but what are we supposed to do with him? Uh, I guess we could just let him sit in on the episode. Seriously? Don't be a douche, James. Computer, please bring up Mysterious Dave... <laughs> Mysterious Dave Mather and Hong Siu Kwan. Uh, so, tell me, Aaron, this mysterious Dave Mather, and is that, like, what he's known as? Yep, mysterious? That's, that's his name, Mysterious Dave Mather. Huh. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, what is he best known for? Mysterious Dave Mather is best known for basically being a real-life John Wayne character. Hmm. Uh, except worse. Yeah. Oh. This guy was literally known for shooting bad guys and serving some cold, hard justice in the Old West. Nice. If by justice you mean corruption. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you look like? So, uh, I mean, hmm. Man, does this guy look badass, though. Uh, like an Old West Sean Connery, no joke. He's got a pair of beady, angry eyes, a gaunt, toughened face, and a mustache so big, it probably has its own fan club. Hmm. Yeah, he's dressed in an old lawman's garb, has a big friggin' hat, and is rocking a bow tie. Mm, that's hard to rock. And uh, what is Hong Shu Kwan best known for, James? <sighs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> And what is Hong Xu Quan best known for, James? Xu Quan is best known for being a Chinese uh, prophet and leader of a rebellion. Oh, nice. Mm. And uh, what did he look like? No. <laughs> Do you mean you just don't know? Or... Uh, I forgot to look for a physical description. Ah, well... So he looks like an Asian Jesus. Oh, perfect. And... I, I'm telling the truth here. He believed... Well, you know what? I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. We're just going to get into him. We got a lot of Jesus-looking characters. We do. Mm, yeah. mm, okay. Uh, so let's, let's start with this mysterious Dave Mother's early life. All right. Nice. So, <laughs> get this. Mysterious wasn't actually Mysterious Dave's first name. His first name was... David. I saw that. <laughs> David Allen Mather. He was the son of one Captain Ulysses Mather and Lydia Wright. Born in 1851 in Saybrook, Connecticut, Mysterious Dave had two brothers, Josiah and George, Josiah will come up a lot later, who also survived childhood because of their strong constitution. Oh. They lived in the U.S., and the constitution is very strong, and some might say alive, but that's debatable. Doesn't matter, though, because the point is they are strong, and they are alive. Joke over. Constitution has been dead ever since Obama. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Mysterious Dave's pappy abandoned the family in 1856, uh, when Mysterious Dave was only five. Oh, rough. Uh, and then he went on to ascend to great heights and get himself murdered on a ship to Shanghai. Uh, well, oh, yep. okay. But it was like 20 years later, but that's basically the end of his story. <laughs> uh, so when Mysterious Dave was nine, he went to live with his grandfather, who was also named Josiah. Here he learned some skills that made him tough as nails, herding cattle and kicking ass on the farm, I assume. Oh, okay. When he was 19, he started working as a general laborer, but this didn't last long. At a certain point, he and his brother Josiah got bored of this meager existence and signed up to work on a cargo ship that took them from Connecticut to New Orleans. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice American story here. Mm -hmm. From here, they traveled west to Dodge City, Kansas, and became buffalo hunters. So this is after they're on a cargo ship? Yeah. Or does so the cargo ship sail to Kansas? They go all the way to New Orleans, and then they head to Kansas. Oh, okay. It does not go to Kansas. Shit. There's no ocean front in Kansas. Well. I, I don't even think there's a river that goes from the ocean through. Maybe there is. I feel dumb if I there is. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so they're buffalo hunters. Nice. Uh, and then Mysterious Dave found himself involved in a scam with Wyatt Earp. 
where he sold fake gold bricks to the dumb masses. Whoa. And uh, here's where we'll stop for now and go on over to Hong. Uh, I don't know. That sounds pretty promising. Yeah. yeah. Well, just get ready. It gets really cool. Okay. So, tell us about Hong Xiuquan's early life. So, Hong Xiuquan was born on the 1st of January, 1814, in Fuyan Springs, how country in China, and okay. I'm going to be butchering all these names. That's fine. You're an American. You get a pass. That is true. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about his family life. Well, he was born to a very, very, very poor farmer family. That's pretty sad. But, Jaquan, I'm gonna, Jaquan. It's going to be different every time I say it. Uh, we should just call him Shaq. <laughs> should we just call him Hong? Let's call him Hong. Okay. So, Hong was a smart dude and was interested in academics at a very young age. That's good. Yes. Uh, Seeing this, his family thought that this kid might be their big break. So, they made extensive financial sacrifices to send him to school in the hope that one day he might pass the civil service examination. And what is the civil service examination? Mm, The civil service examination was a super difficult test that you had to pass if you wanted to serve in the Chinese government. Oh. It also had a pass rate of less than 1%. Wow. But goddammit, Hong is gonna pass it! Yes! He began studying at the age of five, and by the age of ten, he was able to recite all of the four books. Uh, what are the four books, you ask? I, uh, didn't ask. The nope. four books form the core of Confucianism and are entitled Great Learning, uh-huh. Doctrine of Man, Perfect. Analects, and Mencius. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Either. So these four books. Yes. So he had them memorized by the age of ten. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Uh, I think I had... Oh, what did I have memorized at the age of 10? Like a few sentences from Charlotte's Web? I had a poem mm. about a lion and a mouse. I could probably still recite it, but no. Well, well let's give it a try. <laughs> uh, sea lion run. <laughs> uh, run, run, run. Uh, there was once a lion, <laughs> and he was the most fearsome beast in the forest. But one day, the lion found himself in a snare, and... A fox came by and was like, I'd help you, but you'll probably kill me. And then and then a, a shrew came by and he said, I'd help you, but you'll probably kill me. And then a mouse came by and said, I'll help you even if you do kill me. And so the mouse gnaws away the ropes and the lion is free and they become best friends. If that doesn't get you in the, the China government, I don't know. What yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so anyway, he had the, the whole Confucian thing memorized. Okay. Uh, then he took the local preliminary civil service examinations and did better than anybody else in the class. Oh, way to go, Hong. Yeah. Mm. Then came the big day. Oh, he's getting married. Well... Uh, to the government. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he traveled to the city of Guangzhou and took the imperial examination. Ah. And failed it. Uh, oh! <laughs> yeah, well, less than 1% is not a great pass rate. No, mm, but... No. Wow. Uh, his parents were financially unable to continue his schooling, so poor Hong had to return to agricultural work on his family's farm. Oh, that's kind of sad. Mm, yeah. But he would not stay here for long. Oh, what a relief. He was determined to pass that stupid exam. Yes. After a year at the farm, he befriended a wealthy schoolmate and basically lived off this guy's money so that he could be schooled for another year. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he became a school teacher at his home village, but this was only to prepare for the imperial examination. Mm. In 1836, at the age of 22, Hong again traveled to Gongzhou to take the test for the second time. Ah. While in the city, Hong encountered a Christian missionary who gave him a set of Christian pamphlets. Oh. Hong didn't read the pamphlets, but kept them anyway, mm. and this will come up 
later. Nice. So he's there to take the test, and what happens? He failed the test again. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, but he tried again, though, and as they say, the third time's the charm. Oh, yes! Unless your name is Hong, and then you're fucked. Oh, fuck. He failed the third attempt. <laughs> That's terrible! I know, this poor How many guy. times are you allowed to take it? Uh, Probably three. Well, no, he takes it a fourth time. Oh, really? Mm, later on, yep. So he returned home uh, and had somewhat of a nervous breakdown. Oh. He became delirious for days, and his family thought he would die. Wow. However... This was all a part of God's great plan. Awesome. <laughs> Hong's life was about to change forever. Wow. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat. Will You're he pass the seat. test? Uh You're on a toilet. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It still counts. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Let me take a break. Yeah, I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about David Mather's adult life. And we are back to We Talk About Dead People, and we're going to kick things off with a little trip down south, and we'll start with some blues by our... I'm going to quit. Uh, Thank you. We're going to get back to David Mather's adult life. Oh, yes. Yes. And when we left Mysterious Dave, he was scamming people out of their money by selling fake gold bricks to the good citizens of Mobiti, Texas. Oh, what a name. That's the most Texan name. Yeah. Uh, and now, when we come back, we find him recruited by a man named Bat Masterson. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he joins a posse of, uh, like, mercenaries and shit meant to strong-arm okay. anybody who stepped on the Topeka and Santa Fe Railway. Uh, wow. This was during what was called the Royal Gorge Railroad War. Uh, whoa, I have so many questions. Ah, uh, well. Like what? So, you could get killed by mercenaries if you stepped on a railroad? Basically. Didn't happen. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, the Royal Gorge Railroad War was pretty much what you might guess. Okay. There were two railroad companies that wanted to run a train through Royal Gorge. Hmm. A court ruling had essentially forced one of these companies to give, uh, well, forced one of these companies to give up the job. Oh. Um, and they weren't happy about it. So there was right. a little bit of a feud. No fighting, though. So nobody got shot. Good. I think. Uh, but it was all settled in court before Mysterious Dave saw any kind of action. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, the dispute was just handled, and they basically were like, just widen the gorge and put both <laughs> trains through. Yeah. Uh, the point is, though, it was here that Mysterious Dave saw his first times as a gun-toting authority, and he liked it. Oh, he's got mm. gun fever. Uh, gun fever. Hmm. Mm. Everyone in Texas has a gun fever. It's just a fever state. <laughs> Wait, I love Texas. Come on. Uh, well, I don't like Waco. Uh, mm. Sorry. It's not really part of Texas. It's just a hell mouth that happened to open oh, there. Mm. Right. So he went to New Mexico, joined the U.S. Marshals. Yep. Oh, it was here nice. that he was accused of participating in a train robbery. As a U.S. Marshal. Yeah, as a U.S. Marshal. That's kind of the biggest thing not to do as he, a U.S. Marshal. Yeah. Uh. But there's weirdly not much info on this. I'm uh. sure there is in, like, <laughs> you know, books and shit. But yeah. I honestly don't have the money to buy books. What <laughs> even is a book? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> How do you turn it on? <laughs> um, you ever see that comic with the millennials or whatever? Yeah. Like, How do you turn it on? <laughs> what the hell? Uh. Um, but anyway, so he was acquitted of the charges um, and continued working as a U.S. Marshal. Nice. He also began service as a police officer in East Las Vegas and joined a gang. Uh, uh, wait. Yes, that's right. It um, was here in East Las Vegas that he got into his first gunfight and began his long career of shooting people legally. Or arguably legally. He was in the gang. Oh, wow. But also a U.S. Marshal. Uh, so, as a Marshal, he's robbing trains. Yes. And as a policeman, he's shooting people. Yes. Hmm. 
Okay. Get ready. Yeah. So this gang he joined was called the Dodge City Gang. It was a group of lads literally known for shooting people and gambling a lot. Yikes. That's basically it. <laughs> uh, this gang was led by a guy named Hoodoo Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> Hoodoo Brown. Uh, now, Hoodoo Brown had the right idea. Uh, by getting Mysterious Dave in on the action. Nice. In fact, a large part of what made the Dodge City gang so effective was their focus. Uh, effective was their focus on recruiting public officers, okay. basically of any kind. Uh, they would start major gambling rings and then stage a bust where all the cops came in and the whole gang pocketed the cash. Hmm. Yeah, pretty, pretty uh, sketchy there. Right. Um, the gang also engaged in stagecoach robberies oh, nice. and all other kinds of malfeasance. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Um, now, there was this place uh, called the Close and Patterson's Variety Hall, where a lot of his gambling and general rowdiness went on. Uh, Marshal Joe Carson came in, puffing a cigarillo with his hand on his pistol, demanding to know what the devil was going on in here. Uh, apparently, everyone was being super loud. <laughs> Uh, there were also reports of assault. Oh. Uh, some cowboys had been throwing glasses at the bartender. <laughs> uh, well, that's not nice. And with Joe Carson was Mysterious Dave. Ooh. Also, these cowboys had guns, even though there was a no-guns-in-town rule. Mm. Mm. So Joe Carson tells the cowboys to hand them over, at which point the cowboys just start shooting. And nice. they kill Joe Carson no. right out. Oh. Uh, but Mysterious Dave pulls out two six-shooters and just blasts everyone in the goddamn wow. place. He shot four men, killed one, and captured another. Whoa. Two more escaped, but were captured a couple weeks later. While they were in jail, the townspeople stormed into the clink and hanged both of these outlaws without so much as a trial. They must have really liked uh, Carson to, yeah. to do that. Well, I mean, it's it's Carson. Come on. Ben Carson. Not that Carson. Oh, shit. You motherfucker. But while all this was going on, the town is starting to get mighty suspicious of Mysterious Dave. In the space of less than a week, there were no less than six killings in town, with Whoa. Mysterious Dave tied to all of them. Oh. Uh, and the people of East Las Vegas wanted answers, but they wouldn't get any. Oh. <laughs> Mysterious Dave resigned as a police officer of East Las Vegas and got the hell out of town. Oh, smart move. Yeah. So he spent the next several years as a drifter, getting in trouble with the law and spending some time in jail for counterfeiting. Oh. At one point, he stole a dress from a hooker and was also charged with stealing diamonds, but uh, none of these charges stood, and he was acquitted again. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm we, so confused yeah, by all this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he goes back to Dodge City, uh, where somehow he got hired as the assistant city marshal. Hmm. And he was on the force <laughs> for nine months, but was replaced by a dude named Tom Nixon. Oh. Which did not make Mysterious Dave very happy. Why no, not? Uh, <laughs> well, he'll find out. Okay. It wouldn't stop him, though. So he opens a saloon. <laughs> uh, but then Tom Nixon then kind of went on to outlaw dance halls in Dodge City, which was a major attraction for Mysterious Dave's saloon. So for some reason, Tom Nixon stole... Stole Mysterious Dave's job and then had to steal his livelihood too. What an ass. So he bans dance halls in Dodge City. Um, But... Mysterious Dave, you know, well, he had his place closed down uh, due to this new ordinance. Tom Nixon did not. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> and his saloon was named Nixon's Lady Gay Saloon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he didn't ban dancing there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's actually Nixon's Lady Gay Saloon. I'm so confused. Yep. No. <laughs> Doesn't mean. Well, I'm guessing gay means happy. Happy in that saloon. Sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Mysterious Dave, what any does what any good American should do. And what is that? He halves the price of beer at his saloon. Whoa. Five cents a pint. Hell yeah. Where, is this place still around? <laughs> I don't think so. Shit. Uh, but Tom Nixon wasn't having none of it, friend. Mm. He, he, uh, he had Mysterious Dave's beer supply straight up cut off, and what? this pushed Mysterious Dave over the edge. What an ass. Yeah, Tom Nixon's a dick. <laughs> like, uh, 
go help your brother's presidential campaign and start to stop fucking around with Dave. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mysterious Dave loads up his firearms nice. and went out and took some shots at Nixon in the streets of Dodge City. He hit him, but it didn't do much. Oh. <laughs> and Mysterious Dave got away, and Nixon posted bond on charges of attempted murder. Like you do. Yep. Three days later, Mysterious Dave shows up again. <laughs> Nixon tries to pull his piece, but hadn't cleared leather before a bullet fairly ripped. What? Nixon was killed. Oh, that's from a song. Oh. Nixon was killed, and Mysterious Dave was taken to jail. Oh, no. Three days later, a court declared him not guilty after only seven minutes of deliberation. <laughs> the papers wrote, quote, The verdict was a proper one, as the weight of the testimony showed that Nixon was the aggressor in the affray and that Mather was justified in the shooting. Apparently, the audience cheered when Mysterious... <laughs> Fuck, my accent's done. <laughs> when Mysterious Dave was acquitted. Apparently, nobody liked Nixon. Especially right. not after he had banned dance halls and cut half price beer. <laughs> what a Quaker ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Josiah, uh, remember, Mysterious Dave's brother, right. gets word that his brother has just been acquitted of murder. So he heads to Dodge City to find out just what the hell is going on. Uh, they end up at a saloon where Mysterious Dave is playing cards with a man named David Barnes. Hmm. Uh, David Barnes fucks something up and Mysterious Dave just shoots him on the spot. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, so the sheriff who investigated checked Mysterious Dave's firearm, and mysteriously, no bullets had been fired from it. No. Huh. Nevertheless, a jury still found that Josiah and Mysterious Dave were both guilty of the killings and put them in jail. Uh, they somehow managed to post a bond of $3,000 and get out, but they never returned! <laughs> and that is where things will end for now. So poor Josiah, like, just shows up to figure out where his brother is, yeah. and immediately gets charged with murder. <laughs> well, I made it sound like that, but there was like a six-month period where they were just kind of yeah. chilling in Dodge City, and then they playing cards and David shoots somebody so yeah okay uh, I called him David <laughs> he would be so mad it's mysterious <laughs> Dave wrestler or whatever yeah. um, so do you want to take a break or should we just roll right over I'm gonna take a break okay let's take a break and when we come back we will be talking about Hong <laughs> adult life <laughs> okay and we are back to we talk about dead people and when we left off, we were finishing up Mysterious Dave Mathers' adult life, and now we're moving into Hong Xiuquan's adult life. Yes. So, James, take us away! Well, when we last left Hong, he was kind of sick and delirious and sad about his life because he had failed the Imperial Examination three times. That would make anybody sad. Mm. Yeah. But all of that was about to change. Oh! One night, Hong had a dream, but it was more of a... It was more... <laughs> but it was more than a dream. It was a vision. Oh. What? Where am I? You are in heaven, my glorious son. Who are all these people around me? Why do I feel that I already know them? These people are your celestial family. Up here, you have a heavenly father, mother, elder brother, sister-in-law, wife, and son. That's... Oddly specific. And who are you again? I am the Lord your God, you buffoon! Why else might you wear this black dragon robe and high brimmed hat and have long golden beard? Well, I suppose that is a good point. Shaquan, I have brought you here for a reason. You see, there is an army of demons interested in <laughs> You see, there is an army of demons infesting heaven, and I need you to vanquish them. Here, take this sword, golden seal, and army of angels to help you in your quest. Also, your older brother will accompany you. He, uh, is Jesus. He's actually Jesus Christ. Also, I'm your dad. 
I will not disappoint you, O Heavenly Father. To battle! Father, I have defeated the demons that were infesting heaven. Excellent. Good work, Shepard. Wait, what are you doing to that man? Oh, uh, Confucius? Ah, uh, yes, I am torturing him for leading my earthly children astray. Which reminds me, I have a task for you. Shikwan, my son, I need you to cleanse the world of pagan idol worship. As you command, Father, I will see that it is done. Good. Now back to Earth with you. Yeah, so that is pretty much exactly how Hong described his vision. Ah, yes. So he now had a mission here on Earth. Mm. Cleanse China from idolatry. <laughs> and he also believed that he was the actual son of God and actual brother of Jesus. Hey, Jesus' brother is Satan. What? <laughs> Mormonism! <laughs> Uh, anyway, after the vision, Hong experienced quite a bit of personal change. Okay. He became more careful, friendly, outgoing, and open. Those are all good things. I guess so, yeah. People also said that he grew taller uh, oh. and became more muscular. Mm, oh. Mm. Mm -hmm. He began his holy career by attempting the imperial exam for a fourth time. And he'll do it, right? Because he's Jesus' brother! And failed it. Oh! Mm. <laughs> yeah. He'll never pass it! No. <laughs> Uh, so, poor Hong became a school teacher and didn't really act on the whole vision thing until his cousin came for a visit. Uh-oh. Somehow this visit reminded Hong of the Christian pamphlets he had picked up earlier, and so he dug those up and read them. He found the literature pretty compelling and became a Christian! Okay! He told his cousin about his vision, and the two began a holy pact to rid China of paganism. Oh, can you imagine just meeting with your cousin and being like, Okay, we're Christians now, what do we do? We have to get rid of paganism! <laughs> In all of China. Okay, so how did they uh, start? They started by having two giant swords forged and named them their demon slaying swords. Uh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Comic Con didn't come for another, what, 100, <laughs> 200 years? Right. So, uh... uh... Yeah, so Hong began his demon slaying by burning all Confucian and Buddhist statues and books in his house and preaching to his community about his visions and mission. Okay. A lot of his family and local peasants joined his mission and they all started burning pagan books and statues. Oh. Uh, but the local Confucian authorities didn't really like this. I would think not. So they kicked Hong and two of his fellow family members out. Ah. Yes. So Hong then traveled 250 miles to the village of Sigu. Okay. Sigu. Sigu. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was here where some of his other families lived. Okay. He stayed here for about six months and started working on his first book entitled Exhortations to Worship the One True God. Oh, that's a good title. Uh, okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, then he returned home to work as a school teacher for a while. He really keeps going back to that school teaching. I know. It's, it's that's not... really funny. He's got a demon slaying sword. Now he's teaching again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, in 1847, Hong was invited to study Christianity with a Baptist missionary named Issachar Jacob Roberts. Jacob? I think it's Jacob. Jacob I think Roberts. that's mm. a typo Interesting. in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, he accepted the invitation and traveled to the city of Guangzhou, where he studied Christianity and the Bible. Okay. However, when Hong asked Roberts to baptize him, Roberts refused to do so because of some complicated money issues or something. What? Yeah. Uh. Uh, so because of this, Hong left the city and began searching for his friend Fang, who had been one of uh, Hong's first followers. Okay. On his search for Fang, Hong was attacked by bandits, and they robbed him of all of his possessions, no! which included his demon-slaying sword. Oh, no! Yeah. 
However, he eventually found Fang at the at a place called Thistle Mountain, and Fang had been busy. Uh-oh. You see, Fang had started a society known as the Society of God Worshippers, and it had quite a few followers. <laughs> More followers than our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have demon slaying swords. This that's is why. true. That's what we're missing. <laughs> yeah. So Hog joined this group and soon became their leader, where he preached to them in outdoor meetings similar to Baptist tent revivals. Man, that must have been so strange looking. Yeah. yeah not Billy Sunday. No, no. Uh, news of this group spread, and many local peasants quickly joined. This quick success angered many of the Western Christian missionaries in the area because they wanted to be the successful missionaries. Oh, okay. <laughs> These Western missionaries started to complain to the local non-Christian government authorities. Oh, that's so bad! I know. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're trying to sell cocaine in the area, and he's selling more cocaine than Christianity was illegal there, right? I don't know. I'm thinking of Japan, maybe. Maybe. I don't okay. know. The British are in the area at this, oh, at this okay, point, okay. so maybe not. That makes sense. I don't know. My Chinese history is not great. No. Me neither. So meanwhile, uh, Hong continued to lead his flock. Okay. He also translated the Bible into his language, but changed several stories to omit things like drinking and incest and ah, things like that. Okay, good at it. <laughs> Except uh, for the uh, drinking thing. Nah. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. No, sir. Mm. Uh, he also began telling his followers to build a communal Christian utopia where everybody would be equal, especially men and women. Ah, uh, this is beginning to sound a bit culty. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. It was kind of a cult. (laughs) Okay, so Christian Utopia, where everyone is equal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it had over two... uh, Hong had over 2,000 followers at this point, Um, which is a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) So the local authorities were not fans of Hong, uh, but the region was infested with bandits and even river pirates, so they had bigger fish to fry. Yep. Mm. Yes. However, large numbers of pirates and bandits joined, joined Hong's group in order to escape the authorities. I see. So now Hong had a huge lot of evangelists, pirates, and robbers who obeyed his every word. That's not... I mean... Uh, Shit's about to get real. Okay. <laughs> in 1815, I mean, sorry, 1850, Hong had somewhere between 10,000 and 30,000 followers. That's a lot. That's an army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the local authorities were really scared of this group and ordered them to disperse. <laughs> Hong refused, and so a local militia was sent to disperse them by force. Ah. Hung's followers crushed the militia, and oh. the deputy leading them was executed. Oh, that's a great start. Yeah. So, so this was at war. Yeah, this was a full-scale rebellion, and would became become known as the Jinshin Uprising. Okay. Uh, the government then sent a full army to crush the religious rebels. The rebels defeated the imperial army and beheaded its leader. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So then Hong declared the founding of the heavenly kingdom of transcendent peace. Uh, because, you know, killing people is transcendent peace. Right. Um, uh, a war followed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, a new imperial army was sent to squash the rebellion, and this army outnumbered the rebels more than ten to one. Okay, but we just did Jan, or John Ziska, and yeah. that wasn't a problem for him, so no. I'm starting to think that maybe Numbers Hong stands a chance? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so the army surrounded the rebels in the town of Jinshin, but the rebels managed to break through the lines, arrived at the town of Yongin, Yongan, and they took over this town. Ah, of course they did. Mm. Yes. So the Imperial Army regrouped and launched a full-scale assault on the town three months later. Hung's troops were out of gunpowder at this point, and things looked grim. Uh-oh. However, Hung ordered his followers to pull out their swords, and again the rebels managed to fight through the Imperial <laughs> Army and escape. <laughs> wow! Yeah. 
Uh, so they traveled north, but encounter encountered an elite militia unit that was trained to do nothing else but kill peasant rebels. Wow. That that's a must be fun training. Uh, yeah. Here's an eighty year old man, hit him with this stick. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> well how do you train for that? Well, I hope it didn't actually involve hitting old men. You know what? But this was a different time. You don't know. Well, that's true. It was probably old men and children. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so at this battle, the rebels lost 20% of their manpower, and they were forced to retreat. Okay, again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in March of 1853, Hung and his followers managed to take the city of Nanjing and made it their new capital. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from this new seat of power, Hung started several religious reform movements. Okay. Opium use was outlawed. Not bad. Which is good. Yeah. Uh, reforms were made in order to make women more equal to men. Not bad. Again, pretty good. Trade was suppressed in order to favor more social socialist ideas, I guess. Fair enough. And polygamy was forbidden. Okay. Uh, uh. I, I guess. Uh, although Hong had a few concubines. Oh, himself, <laughs> those aren't wives. <laughs> God damn it. They are friends. <laughs> <laughs> Only friends. <laughs> uh, things got messy around here, though. A guy named Yang was traveling the Chinese countryside claiming to speak with the voice of God and was rallying the peasants. A heretic! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hong didn't like the competition, so he had his network of spies and assassins, which was a thing, I guess? Yeah. Uh, murder Yang and Yang's entire family. That seems fair. What? No. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so this caused many of, uh, Hang's... Hang? Hang not Hang. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Hong. <laughs> this caused many of Hong's followers to question the godliness of their ruler. Okay, good. Which is good. <laughs> uh, further government forces were gaining ground and the rebels were defeated in a couple of battles. And that is where we will leave Hong until we return for his death. Well, that was fascinating. Yes. Um, I think we're just going to go straight into Mysterious Dave's end and death, because it's not very much. Okay, let's okay. do it. So when we left Mysterious Dave, he and his brother Joseph had posted bond for murder and escaped Dodge City. Hmm. So they're skipping out. Right. Yeah. Uh, here's where things get tricky, though. Because Mysterious Dave, uh, was because he was so famous, people uh, started seeing him everywhere. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there were reports from all over the place, most of which were unsubstantiated, about what Mysterious Dave was doing. It's mysterious. Mm -hmm. Some people said that he became the town marshal of a burg in Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the bail bondsman who had let Mysterious Dave out claimed that he was dead. Okay. Because that would get him out of... You know, getting right. in legal trouble for his, sure. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but nobody really. <laughs> God damn it! Nobody really knows what happened to it. Uh, there are happened to it. God, it? happened wow. to him. But there are rumors. Uh, some say he joined the Canadian Mounties. Oh, nice! And robbed a stagecoach he was supposed to guard and escaped with twenty thousand pounds sterling. Oh, yeah. Huh. His brother Josiah said he was murdered by some moonshiners in Tennessee. Well, that's not a graceful end. Very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> God damn it! But again, nobody knows. Uh, he just disappears from history, living up to his name, Mysterious Dave. Mm, wow. Mm, that so, was very mysterious. Let's go back to Hong. How okay, did Hong first die? of all, I have to say, you let this fucking goose down here, and it has shit everywhere. Well, you know what? It's just what geese do. I almost said goosen. Goosen? <laughs> that sounds German. <laughs> goosen! Rally the goosen! <laughs> oh my god, we're doing German accents again? Uh, there's so much fun. This is terrible. Anyway, okay. you're cleaning this up. Uh, fine. Whatever. Alright. Mm. So let's get back to Hong Jiquan's end and death. Okay. After Hong's forces lost an important battle with the Imperials, Hong died at the age of 50. Uh. Sources differ on how he died. Oh, God. 
One source claimed that Hong died from an illness he got after telling his starving followers that they should eat manna, like the Jews had done in the Old Testament. Uh, wait, wait, okay, so they got sick from eating stuff off the ground. Yeah. Great. It's probably goose poop. Normal. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about now. Oh, God. Anyway, so government forces then found his body, beheaded it, and then burned it. Ah. That's one theory. Another source that said said Hong died from food poisoning after eating raw vegetables when his people were starving during a siege. Uh. So the eating food and getting sick kind of, kind of seems to be a trend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his body was then captured by government soldiers, cremated, and then his ashes were shot from a cannon in uh. order to ensure <laughs> that his remains would have no resting place and would suffer eternal punishment. Oh, you got Hong all over. Over the place. Oh, That's please. not the same. <laughs> so anyway, his legacy is kind of small. Oh, it seems that he's kind of been forgotten. Well, at least until Mao and the communists took over China. They, of course, viewed Hong's uprising as a precursor to their great people's rebellion. That seems weird that communists would see yeah. a Christian as like a okay good thing. Yeah. Yep. So there's actually a small museum dedicated to Hong. Other than that, though, there's really not too much. That's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, that was quite a pair. <laughs> uh, we're gonna run out of good ones eventually. Well, when that happens, we'll just skip town and join the Mounties. Hey, Goose! Did you see any Mounties on your way down here? Nice! So, James... What are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm going to become God. Perfect. But what do you do, what, what, what do, you do with this goose? I don't know. <laughs> I, let's just... Fuck, why am I laughing? <laughs> I uh, don't know. Let's take him outside, I guess. Maybe he'll leave on his own. He's not going anywhere. Wait. Listen. <gasps> Look, Goosey, it's your family. <laughs> no. You can't stay! Go home, Goosey! Go on, get! Get out of here! Be free! I said get! Be free! Be free, Goosey! Free as the wind! And never look back! Never look back, you hear? I'll never forget you. Hmm, well, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate mail to we talk about dead people podcast at gmail.com. We will read all of it and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. Even as little as a dollar, as much as it costs to piss away, a dollar helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely talented Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of mysterious Dave Mather play you out. Thank you.